This podcast is part of the Podcavern Network. Check out other Podcavern shows at podcavern.com. Oniric. Year three. As I record this, anyway, I don't know about tomorrow, Deirdre. No idea if I'll still be on the big long road tomorrow. Feeling a bit maudlin just now, to be honest. First one of these since the last hatch, isn't it? Ooh, it's cold here in this part of Schrittfier. There's a, a bit of snow on the ground. Powdery kind. Bleak. And depressing, if you know what I mean. Right now, I am on some considerable amount of pain meds, D. Yeah, pretty much all the stock I had on me. I, I feel okay, even garrulous to an extent. But if I weren't on drugs just now, this recording would be one long mic-frying shriek of agony. Oh yeah, yes it would. How about I tell you about it now, before the meds wear off? I mean, the opposite sequence just would not work. At all. So. Music, 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 music. Mass for Four Voices by Old Monteverdi. I forget which one it is. You can look it up. Know where I am? I'm in that forest, Deirdre. Remember the one? The forest with the calling tree. It's not calling anymore, I can tell you that. But it kind of got its revenge, that bastard. It's not quite the same forest, to be fair. In the dream, it looked like trees you'd find on Erde. Here on Schrittfier, these trees are very weird. Very smooth. Like their bark is made out of lacquered wood. See what I mean? Like petrified wood, I suppose. But these are clearly live trees with leaves and everything. Triangular leaves, kind of nut brown. In any case, these trees aren't dead. And the tree didn't really talk. Not allowed, anyway. I was nowhere near this forest when it started talking, not talking to me. Three days ago, that was. Vanda, it said. Real cool-like, just, you know. Hey, bro, I'm here. Pretty relaxed about the whole thing. And you know, I thought I could hear it with my ears, like in the dream. But when I listened carefully, I realized at some point that I didn't. I didn't. It was talking to me somewhere in my head. <laughs> so, so your guess is as good as mine. Was I dreaming? Am I dreaming now? I am not at my best, cognitively, just now. But I don't believe I'm dreaming. Would I be recording this in the dream, do you think? I don't know, but it, it sounds kind of weird. As a concept, right? 
Oh, it kind of twinges a bit. I should just tell you the story. So, I walked for three days, and pretty much three nights. Didn't sleep much this last week, ceci expliquant peut-être cela, with that tree more or less playing the hot and cold game in my head to guide me to it. Warmer, warmer, nope, colder, cold, warm, warmer. Just like that. Just like at a birthday party. You remember that game with the blindfold and the wooden spoon and the metal pot hidden somewhere in the kitchen? You wouldn't think that would work over days and more than 100k, would you? But it, it did. It did. Now, knowing how the dream ended for me, chopped my damned foot off myself, if you remember, you'd think I wouldn't actually try to find that fucking tree, right? I mean, that, that'd be stupid, right? Oh, why did I do it? Because I totally did, you know it, D. Why? Why? Three reasons. One, the dreaming and the waking life don't always line up. Two, the tree had kind of promised me that sweet sword. Three, I forget three. Three, oh yeah, three, I am in fact stupid. And the thing is, it wasn't like in the dream. It didn't look like it did in the dream. It didn't sound like it had in the dream. The trees weren't trying to trip me up like they did in the dream. I wasn't wearing armor like I was in the dream. I'm not wearing fadant armor now. It didn't line up. The tree didn't even tell me to follow my axe, which was the one thing that sounded like epic in the dream. Just warm, cold, colder, warmer. Ridiculous. It was a pretty big tree, though, when I got there at the end of the third day. It rustled over me, brown and ruddy in the fading purplish light of the suns. And its voice in my head wasn't cool and calm and relaxed anymore. It sounded mean. Welcome, Vance, it said. And regardless of the words, it sounded mean and peeved and upset and threatening. And it didn't ask me to cut it down. I was all ready with my axe and everything, but no, I wasn't to cut it down. Not just yet. Now why? <laughs> the tree had a fadamped riddle for me. That wasn't in the dream either, and I wasn't in the mood for it, I'll tell you. I mean, I mean, a wolf bit my hand off when I gave the wrong answer to that first riddle, so it would be paltering with the truth a bit to say I listened to that new one with any kind of real pleasure. Plus, I hadn't really slept in days, so I was like totally zonked and not in the best of intellectual shape to be fucking riddling. I do remember it word for word, though. And that's because I chewed on it for six hours before I nearly answered it, and another two before I finally actually did. Listen to this, D. All right. 
It can be inner, outer, full and vicious, of life, of friends, of fifths, of divine wrath. Now walk in it, now talk in it, capricious spirit, and tread its never-ending path. I sat down before the tree with my axe in my lap and reflected on this thing. I dare say you thought of the answer immediately, Deirdre, but we're not all as clever as you or Danica. And remember, I was sleep-deprived, confused, and scared. After hours of cogitation, I nearly answered hell. I felt so awful. I said, the answer is, and I swear to you, the branches on that fucking tree all twisted down over me at that, eagerly, hungrily, trembling like so many bony arms and fingers and claws. And I stopped. I didn't push the word out. I'm glad I didn't. It was obviously wrong. I mean, what can hell have to do with a fifth? If I'd answered that, that fadamped tree would have killed me then and there, I have no doubt. I mean, it nearly did, even when I didn't answer true. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Don't crowd me. It took me another couple of hours, but I found it. The answer is circle, of course. Inner circle, outer circle, full circle, vicious circle, circle of life, circle of friends, circle of fifths. Thank Christ I write music. Dante's circle of hell, that's the bit that sent me the wrong way for a while, that and the fear. Walk in circle, talk in circle, and the circle has no end. When I answered, the tree shrieked. It was supposed to say, thank you, Vandera, you have answered true. You've riddled before, D, you know how it goes, but that's not what it said. Fine, it screamed. You have answered true. You happy? Now cut me down and take what you find. And be quick about it. I was freaked out of my mind, I don't mind admitting, but I took my axe and I swung. And it didn't go well. I still have my foot, D. The dream and the waking life didn't line up there either. I swung and the blade of my axe bit deep into the trunk of the tree. I pulled it out, not easy. I swung again and again and again. All the while the tree was screaming, so that was fun. And on my last swing, the axe broke. The handle, the blade, just unusable now. The tree shook kind of vibrated with rage. I swear to you, Deirdre, it started falling one way, then it twisted in on itself, and it fucking crashed over me. And that's where we're at now. I'm pinned under that dead vindictive fucker. There's a, a branch that went right through me, more or less in the spot where that boar cut me. Remember that? I can't really move. I'm not sure I think it's fair. 
I answered, true. Verdammt nochmal. Mind you, why circle? I mean, why a riddle with that answer? Why not sin? Why not heaven? Why not fish, for the matter of that? Or, or teapot? Why circle? I don't know. Does it mean anything? Does it have to? I don't know. I don't know. I think the tree thought me unworthy to get the sword D, for all that my answer was right. Oh yeah, there's a sword. I can see it from here. If I turn my head just so... Can't reach it, but it's there all right. It was inside the tree. It's glowing. Unless that's the drugs. You know, I'm not very far from a hatch, I think. I can hear it now. Or maybe that's just the blood. No, it's a hatch. Somewhere. Maybe I am unworthy. Who the hell could be worthy of something like this? Man, spearing me into the ground? I've noted before that there are no villains in my story, D. There's nothing surprising about that. Villains are not really a thing in real life. But that tree will do for today. Anyway. The meds are wearing off a bit, Deirdre. There's a way more blood than I'd like on the ground around me. I'm sorry. I know you're going to worry about me, and I'm sorry about that. Who knows? Maybe someone will walk by and help me out. The Omnibook is sending a call for help. Maybe I'll be all right. Maybe I can see Vol in the dreaming and let him know about this. Keep me in your prayers. You know, I think I'll pass out. Notes to Oniric, Year 3, by Teffer Troy, Doctoral Candidate, Alternative Narrative Traditions, Université de Montréal, October 28, 683. UDMID TT 603-781. This episode marks the end of Season 1 of Oniric. I am preparing the remastered files for Season 2 and editing a trailer for it. It will be released on this feed when the doctoral committee has heard it. I hope the committee, and podcast listeners as well, will be forgiving. Audio production is not my field. Once again, the riddle seems to be of the author's devising. I have not been able to find this precise rendering of any riddle to which the answer would be circle, or even wheel. And, of course, for all that Wanderer finds it baffling, it is, in fact, thematically relevant in a way that will become obvious during the next season. 
The language of the riddling ritual is a direct quote from a similar scene in Stephen King's fourth Dark Tower novel, Wizard and Glass. I am happy to say that my research through the reconstructed Google archives has been fruitful, and it is with some excitement that I can now announce that I have been able to determine the identity of the author of Oniric. His name was Vincent Lauzon, and he was, in fact, Québécois, which puts to rest Hiragawa's notion that he was French. Lauzon seems to have been a rather nondescript individual in some sort of government job, but I did find something quite amusing about him. He recorded another fiction podcast, which I have also been able to recover. This was called The Moth Collection, and it predates Oniric. It is interesting to try to discern points of thematic and stylistic convergence between the two. There are considerable differences as well, of course. Listeners of this podcast can form their own opinion. As bonus content between the two seasons of Oniric, I will release the first episode of The Moth Collection on this feed next week. I have also set up an alternate feed specifically for The Moth Collection, where the entire run of that series is available. I will put the link in the show notes. I have also uncovered a few written documents, which I will make available to the public on the website when I am done with the filing and editing. The discovery that started this entire project for me still remains to be revealed here. It will be during Season 2. What's going on? We are Pull the Plug Podcast with myself, Mrs. Godzilla. And me, Justin G. Myself, Justin Briner. And me, Sarah M. Pull the Plug Podcast, it's a place where music fans, pop culture nerds, and people who love dick jokes come together each week. A place of worship, if you will. Check us out at ptppodcast.com for all your dick needs. 